0: Back everybody to the Carbide Podcast presented by Woody's Traction. This is the Salamanca, New York Snowcross Review. Join us on the line this evening to break down all the action from Team Southside from Bruce Almighty Media. He's the team manager of the legendary corn Todd, Bruce Gaspardi Jr. What's happening, Bruce?
1: Oh, another day, another dollar.
0: <laughs> a, lot, a lot of dollars because corn is cleaning house for team <sighs> Southside right now.
1: He's yeah. He does, he does look good out there. He makes it look so
0: good. So good.
1: I really liked the high-fiving the drone. That is just,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, that was classic. That's, that's next level. And then he's got his kids up there on the podium. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about the 36.
1: He, he, I mean, he's, we're milking it for all it's worth, but we need to get some branding on the kids though. Is that what it is? FXR jackets. Little CNA Pro skis in their hands, throwing you, Woody uh, studs out to the fans.
0: You have you not get... signed his kids yet for a, a one twenty deal? No,
1: not yet. He he he's a tough agent. He's he's tough he? to negotiate with.
0: Oh, okay, fair, yeah. fair. Well, there's a, there's a track, you know, he's got to like start, they got to start out on a skidoo and then they got to ride for Bailey's and then they got to, you know, all this kind of stuff. There's a and whole. And then he's got to ride and
1: then him and Jesse James got to have their own Cat team for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And then mm-hmm. he goes to Polaris Hmm. and mm-hmm. he goes it's, to the
0: nationals. It's a whole, it's a whole process. It's a whole yeah. process. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I'll, I'll, his kids will ride for us eventually, but it'll mm-hmm. probably, you know, in the twilight of their
0: career, it'll be like 30 <laughs> years from now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they'll be running Pro Plus 30 for us. <laughs> yeah. When we're racing electric sleds.
0: Uh, I just I wanted to check this because I was curious. Since we're just we're all aboard the Todd train, uh after after Salamanca, he's 221. Adam S. Johnson is 164 for points.
1: I mean he's it's comfortable with it. Yeah, it's a comfortable lead. Obviously, anything can happen. It's racing. Yeah, yeah the
0: but. The really the sneaky guy in that class is sitting tenth in points. His name is Matt Greenwood, I think. That guy, I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm I think he's going to give Corn a run for his money. I'm just waiting for it.
1: Yeah, it's he he's a tough he's a he's a tough one. You know he you just don't know when he's going to strike. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. He's a sleeper in the in the yep. plus thirty class for exactly, sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough, enough core and Todd talk. So, you know, it's a common theme and I'm really sick of t- of talking about it, but I have to bring it up. Call me a hater. I did not think we were going to race this weekend. Like a couple days before I was like, there's no way. Like I saw pictures of the parking lot. I was like, dude, there's no way this is going to happen. And lo and behold, it actually happened. It's insane. It is. I mean, they, it wasn't a big track,
1: but it was a track. Nope. And obviously I didn't race on it, but I mean, as a, from a spectator's point of view, it it, it was fun to watch the amount of passing and driving into each other. And I mean, there was a lot of action. It, It was, it was, for me, it was fun to watch. I don't, you know, the, the track doesn't need to be 50 seconds long for it to be exciting. It can be a bowl ring where you have to elbow somebody to drive by them. And it, it was it was it was fun to watch, you know, I'm sure it was tough to be out there. And, you know, you're three laps in and you have lap traffic and it's like, well, where did this come from? <laughs> and, you know, the pros doing I think they did 28 laps in one of their Triple Crown Triple Crowns on Friday night. It's like holy shit. But but no, from from my point of view, I, it was it was fun to watch the track track looked fun. And I think for 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 what ISOC had for snow on Monday to what they had on Friday when they went racing, it was impressive.
0: Yeah, I give him I give him mad props for it. And it was it was always going to be tough coming from Valcor, which was a super sick track. So it was always going to like look like a little bit less than that. But it was definitely one of those tracks that, like to your point, kind of simple and fun. But there wasn't like a ton of opportunities for guys to just be like like night and day faster than other guys. Like there wasn't like a massive triple that only a couple people were doing or a, a couple a little rhythm only a couple people could figure out. Everybody could do every single section of the track at about the same speed. So a lot of it came down to the start for most of these guys.
1: Star, and I mean, you know, especially like the, the you know, the pro light finals, the pro triple crowns, those races were so long that that backstretch would get worn down and then that would become a separator. Yeah, those first seven or eight laps, everybody's doing everything and the flow is similar. And then it starts getting all chewed up and now they're trying to find that line that works and that rhythm. And that's where you started to see the the people pull away or somebody catch up and start making moves. But no, I I, I understand what you're saying.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the, the sport class here. So this has been kind of an interesting class to watch because as we've kind of talked about, there's not like one specific guy to this point that has really kind of separated themselves and and going into this weekend, I was kind of interested to see what Brandon Nelson was going to do. He was coming in as the points leader and really he's kind of setting himself as that next tier guy. And again, we saw that in the final. Uh, Brady Freeland gets out to a really good start, but Nelson's just really slowly making gains throughout the, throughout the main event, ends up making the pass and just kind of runs away with it towards the end. And then cam Cole in the, in the rhythm section on basically the last lap, just like, I don't know if he tripled he, but he came out of nowhere in that, uh, in that rhythm section and got by, uh, got by Brady, but a lot of interesting stuff in, uh, in the sport class on Friday.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, that class has been exciting all season long and yeah it did not disappoint again this weekend. It uh you know you've got the top we talked about it a little bit we got the top 3 separated by like 6 points. So that's you know it's going to go right down to the end of the season in Duluth I feel like before we know who's going to win that class.
0: Yeah and it's it's going to be interesting. You know it's it's too early to talk but which one of these guys wants to move up? Because there's a handful of these guys that, you know, like we've said, have kind of put themselves in that top tier, but nobody's like blazingly quicker than anybody else. And you know how stacked pro light's going to be. So I'm very curious to see what the top sport guys do at the end of this season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have the two mindsets of stay in sport and keep developing or
0: you move the pro light and you could easily just be in the LCQ every weekend, pretty much, pretty much. Which a lot of guys, we'll get into this, but a lot of guys, a lot of top tier guys in the, the ProLite LCQ this weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so let's uh, let's jump into ProLite. So, God, just so much action. But where where are you at on uh, on ProLite, Bruce? What really stood out to you at least on Friday?
1: Well, I mean, Lorenz was on like a rocket ship. I mean, he should be sponsored by the Air Force with the gray and the blue. I mean, he he looked really good. Like, I mean he always I mean, he was always a good rider. Like all the years he spent on Polaris, he was always a good rider. He could just never never stayed healthy. And, you know, that wasn't always his fault. But he it was always just getting bit by the injury bug and he could never finish a season. And now he's he's comfy on that doo, and he's just he's found the groove and it was it was really fun to watch this weekend he looked really good out there and you know anson looked good friday night it was it was uh you know corinne made the final which was cool so uh he had max talifer out there you know that's like a blast from like 2015 <laughs> <laughs> him making a pro light final yeah, so yeah you know that was cool um, unfortunately more bad luck for Ashline in the main after mm-hmm. a good qualifying effort, uh, you know, you had Creighton Dylan, you know, for, I mean, the thing that I think Friday night was the first final he's lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, like we just said with the, when we talked about them building the track and how it, you know, it's, it's tough for people to separate. So, he, yeah, he couldn't really come up through the field and separate himself. But at the same time, it's like, did he need to push it? You know, he, mm-hmm. he, yeah, you want to win every time you go out, but you got a comfortable points lead. Just, just be consistent, ride smart, get through the weekend. You're still going to have the red plates when you leave. Like, so I feel like he was more just in a conserve mode this weekend with, with the way the track was.
0: I feel like he he became that way. And I feel like it all it all basically started when he was when he was chasing uh, Lorenz and then end up ended up crashing. Like I feel like prior to that moment, I was ready, you know, obviously Nick Lorenz ends up having a great weekend, but prior to Dylan going down in that corner. I would not have been surprised just to see him go and sweep the weekend once again, like he has the whole year. And I feel like that initial crash really like just kind of set the tone for what the rest of his weekend was going to be like it, like proved that he is human and that he's still just a rookie in this class. And he's got some, he's, he's going to mature. He's going to figure this stuff out. But that was the first kind of inclination of, Hey, this guy is beatable. It can happen.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, he's got a 47 point lead right now after this weekend, you know, that's, that's comfortable. You know, you don't, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, obviously, like I said, everybody wants to win you want to get the, you want to get the money, you want to be on the podium, but when you have a big points lead like that in a class like this, And we go to a track like that. sometimes it's better just to play it smart and just relax a little bit. And if, if you're fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, so be it. You're, you're still leading with a, with a huge points lead. You don't, don't even need to race the next round and you'd still have the points lead. So just, yeah, you know,
0: just be smart about it. One of the names that you. Go ahead. Go. I was gonna say one of the names you had mentioned was was Anson Shield and he was a big big headline most of the weekend just just both days like he's been gaining the whole year and he obviously has the speed to be a top three guy we've seen it in the past so you're just kind of waiting for that that moment where everything kind of comes together and some guys go down he gets a good start you're just waiting for it and for a lot of this race I was I was expecting Anson Shield to get a pro light win I was. I was just like, this is this is it, this is his moment. But I mean, Nick Lorenz on rails this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Anson did he look great? I mean, go, you know, he goes one one in in qualifying for the first time since Ironwood, and then backs it up with a second in the final. You know, very you know, right on the coattails of uh, Lorenz. You know, second and a half behind him. It was, it was a, it was a great ride and it was a, it was a great battle.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. That was like almost the best part was two guys that are really, really close in speed and on a track that doesn't really have a ton of good passing opportunities. So you get up close and you got to just make it happen. So yeah, that was a, that was a cool battle to watch.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then Evan Christians, Evan Christian getting on the box again was, was nice. Um, Mm -hmm. it was really cool to see, um, Emeric Legionnaire,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: finally put together a good, a good final, get Mm -hmm. in the final and have a good and have a good race. Yep, come come away with a top five. That was nice to see he's had a he's had a, a difficult few rounds to say the least. Um, So I mean, that was his first that was his first top five of the season. So that was that was nice to see out of him.
0: Yeah. And it's just, again, you, you go through the list of guys in the, in the pro light final that, you know, on a regular day, they're going to be really annoyed with some of these finishes like Dylan finishing fourth, Emrick fifth, Eric downs with a sixth Trent, Whitworth P nine. He's obviously been riding really well this season. So he's probably a little annoyed with that ninth place, but just all these guys could win at any given time. So like surviving making the final getting a top 5 or a top 10 you, you got to take what you can from that cuz it's just a really stat class
1: yeah yeah i mean he had you know, he had Kenny Mandrick in his interview telling uh all that he was going to be on the box again this weekend and he he's 10th mhm and that's not taking anything away from Kenny like he's a fantastic driver but that's just how tough that field is Mm-hmm. And then you know you've got Tapio Posty didn't even make the main kirchmeyer didn't make the main you know you, mm-hmm. a lot of good guys were sitting on the sidelines Horbody uh, England I mean Freeland didn't make the main
0: Yep uh, and he was on, he ends up getting on the the podium the next day Yeah exactly so, so, I mean, <laughs> so it, it's it, a total crapshoot
1: Yeah you know Bailey Forrest <laughs> watching the, watching the final from the sidelines it's just yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is that that class is just so so deep there's you know there's there's 20 guys that should be in easily in the final and you only got room for 15.
0: who do you think and again we haven't even touched on saturday yet but who in this class besides creating Dillon, do you think right now could could bump up to pro that like and not not make like a huge impact because anybody that bumps up to pro, unless they're like a Jordan LaBelle level talent, is going to be like a top ten guy probably. But if any of these guys could realistically jump up to pro at the end of the season, who would you pick? That's a
1: that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, instinct wants to say Lorenz, but really. I would if if he was my guide, I'd want him to stay in pro light another year, you know, if he mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he finishes this season out strong, stays healthy, and then build on that next year and um and be working on being pro for 26, twenty six mm-hmm. twenty twenty six um I feel just with the bad luck and the injury bugs he's had over the years to just throw him into pro next year, I just feel like. You're asking for, you're, yeah, you're, you're asking for something to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And so, yeah, it's, boy, that's a, that's a tough question.
0: Um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah. I just know this. I just know this is going to be like a topic at the end of the year, especially when we have a bunch of guys injured and we have 11 guys racing in the pro class on Saturday.
2: Yeah, Everybody's going to
0: say, how come nobody's moving up? I just, I wanted to, I was just curious, like if any of these guys you think would be ready to jump up right now, and I'm in the same boat as you, like Lorenz would be the first guy that comes to mind besides, besides Creighton, but I, again, I I'm in the same boat. I feel like it would be like, stay down for another year, win a pro light title and then move up. Like don't, don't, yeah, don't waste I, the opportunity.
1: If, if I had to pick somebody, I would probably pick toppy posty really. Yeah you know, he's he raced pro over here before he left to come to ISOC he raced, I saw him racing the world championship against guys like Riley Bester, and Gustav Salston and, you know, he has pace, he has speed, you know, the the pro late class is just so I don't know what the word is. Um, everybody's just so close together. And, yeah. you know, he just, he gets pushed around a little bit out there where I think in the, in the pro class, a, you have a few less guys and B just with a different race format and things like that. I just think, I think the triple crown would benefit Toppy posty more so than two heats in a final. Cause he's coming from over here in Europe, he's used to running longer motos, longer heats, you know? pro pro light and pro women, and even the juniors, all run 10 minutes plus a lap over here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when he's going out there and he's running a five minute or a six minute race, that's short for him.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think the triple crown format would benefit him. I think the field being a little bit more spread out would benefit him. And I think he could run, you know, seventh, eighth place. Consistently, in in my opinion, so that if if I had to pick somebody not named Creighton Dillon, it would probably be Toby Posty.
0: Interesting discussion, Bruce. No right answer, but very interesting because it's gonna ha- it's gonna come up by the end of the year, I gave it to you. So, oh
1: yeah, I mean it's you know it's a it's a big problem. You know, I remember I was talking to my dad about it when he was here. Last week, a little bit, and you know we were th- we were thinking back to like I'm trying to remember what year it was. It was a long time ago, but basically the the pro class had been whittled to. There was not a lot of guys, and so they they changed the rule and they made the top ten in pro light move up
2: mm.
1: at the end of the season. Top oh, and back then it was semi pro. That's how long ago it was. But, you know, top 10 in in semi-pro, you're moving to pro next season. No discussion. Top 10. Where normally it was always top three. Top three were forced to move up. And then they, but they changed it because they needed to fill the pro class back up. And they did top 10. And it, it ruined a lot of riders careers. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Because, because, you know, six or seven of those guys were not ready for that. And then when they went to pro, they lost their help because yeah, they weren't, they weren't pro open material at the time. Yeah. So I, I don't know what, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if anybody does, but yeah, it's the, the, the talent gap from pro open to pro light is, is big. And then the, the talent gap in pro itself is big and you know you they just don't have we don't have the the riders developed we don't have the number of riders developed ready for that class like we seem to have used to have you know oh, like we, sure i know we've talked about it before where you know you go you go back 10 years to 2014 pro would have 20 guys in it and Articat is shipping mike bauer to the East coast series there, you know, ski is shipping guys to the East coast series where Polaris is sending uh, Dylan Martin out there just because they don't have, they don't have, there's so many pros, they don't have enough seats for them. So, okay, well let's bolster our team, uh, let's bolster our results in the regional circuits. And you know, and then I had some, I had a Facebook memory come up from 10 years ago this past week. And it was from Salamanca. And at the end of my Facebook post, I had said, like, good luck to Lincoln Lemieux, because he got called up because oh,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. one of
1: the Mzo guys said, I don't know if it was Malinowski or who it was, or no, it was Tremblay. Tremblay yeah. had gotten hurt. And so the, during the course of the Salamanca weekend, Lincoln ended up on a shearing sled and he stayed there the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have that anymore like you know you know we've you know Solston's dinged up elias is out now dawdette's dinged up um there's nobody to call yep i know you know, you, it, you look to scm csra east coast midwest regional seat. there's nobody to call to say hey come fill this seat it's
0: we've even, we've but, even know, seen it the the last couple of years where um like uh, when Oscar Noram got hurt or when some of these other top level guys get hurt and you have a team that has to put a sled on the track, like they have to have their two sleds on the track. It's all Scandinavian guys. Like they 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 can't, there's no, there's nobody else to to pull from. So you get these guys that come over fresh off like another manufacturer and end up, trying to race pro they got like 10 minutes on the sled it's not their suspension they've never ridden with studs like this it's just it's a nightmare
1: yeah it's yeah i mean and that's exactly you just you, you described exactly what happened to hench's last season mm-hmm. norm goes down they bring over john maelstrom who's on a who's racing a skidoo over here in europe throw him on a polaris and then he just didn't really do anything
2: mm-hmm
1: And, but also, you know, that's what happens when you have a when you have one man, if one, when you have when BRP has, like 86% of the entries in Europe, well, it makes it awfully hard to find a spare Polaris rider or a spare Articat rider. So you know, it's, you know, every all the manufacturers are dumping so much money and time into everybody. The ISOC series, you know, players is the only one sponsoring there's, I mean, and they're sponsoring us. They're sponsoring our team out in the East coast. There's no ski help out there. There's no art cat help out there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so there's no incentive for ski guys to go race East coast or cat guys. Um, and, but that's, you know, if, if everybody's going to spend 95% of their budgets on, on the teams that already have all the money, well then you're not going to develop talent anywhere else. And now, and now this is what we have. We have, we have one main talent pool in North America and it's ISOC and the talent pool right now in pro class is awfully shallow. And the gap to pro light is pretty big. So, you know, it's, you know, some, something, something needs to change. And I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for people to realize it because it's, it's not like a one year fix, like, okay, well, let's, Mm -hmm. let's sponsor some guys at CSRA and East Coast and over in Europe and, next year things are gonna be great. No, it's like a five year plan. You know, that's, that's, you know, it's gonna take five years to, to rebuild a a talent pool in in East Coast or at CSRA or, or uh, SCM. It's gonna take five years. It's, you know, and, and you need to, and they need, need to be prepared for that. But if they, if they don't do it, all they're all just going to go away and then all you're going to have left is ISOC and you know you you look at the pro light field ton of talent but it's not ready for pro Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so what are you going to do and now you know Saturday night we had 11 pros again
2: yeah
1: it's it's disappointing because like i said 10 years ago we had 20 plus pros and we had such an abundance that we were there's we're sending the pros to the regional series because we, we don't have any more seats for them here and now it's like the 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 flow has reversed and we've sucked all of the any rider with any kind of talent or money to the nationals and now there's not much left anywhere else. You know, we, we saw, we saw Ironwood, basically the best rider CSRA had to offer. And that was Taylor McCoy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I mean, didn't look bad out there. But, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't going to finish. He wasn't a top 10 guy.
0: Well, it's, it's a great example. And again, Taylor McCoy is super talented. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he's super talented. Jake, Weir, super, super talented. Like the pro guys at CSRA are no joke. And I hate to be like the back in my day guy. But again, you keep saying 10 years ago, 10 years ago, Dave Jonas in CSRA could win an event in ISOC Ian Hayden, Lee Butler, all these guys could win in ISOC at the same time. They just happened to be, Colby Crapo went up there for a couple of years because he had nowhere else to go. So he was up there racing exactly. CSRA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's a huge gap now. There's a huge gap between the different series, if there are any series in those locations. Yeah. And then, you know, went to Valcor
1: last weekend and we saw, we saw the best of what they had to offer right now, which was Theo Poyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again. He had, he had a couple good runs and he looked pretty good, but again, you know, that's just, and that's just one guy. It used to be, you know, you had five, four or five guys that could jump in and be competitive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you had, um, you had the brothers up there. Um,
0: uh, the Aslanes. Yeah. And Dave.
1: Yeah, yep. exactly. You had the two of them when, and when, and you know, they could mix it up and be competitive. You ha- obviously Morin was up there and then he spent time in the in, East coast and then back up there. And, but they, you know, Poyer was from up there. You know, you had, you had a uh, four or five guys that could show up to the Eastern national sign up and make the main when the main had a, a 10 rider LCQ. Mm-hmm and and then same with east coast you know you had lincoln lemieux montana jess mike pelot brett bender uh dylan martin you know you had jake scott you know there was just all of these guys that you could they could show up and they could do something corin todd even back mm-hmm. then 10 mm-hmm. years ago corin 10 years ago <laughs>
2: yep.
1: um you know, and um, the 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 older Pat node brother that's retired now, Leo, um, yeah. Leo, you know, it's you you just he had that depth. And now, if, if they don't put the time if all three brands don't put the time and effort into putting some money and resources into those circuits, and rebuilding those talent pools so that I can start pulling from them again, in three, four, five years, those pools are all gonna just disappear for starters. You will just have ISOC mm-hmm. and and we and and we'll have what we have right now. We'll have we'll have the ten or eleven best in the in the world and that's it. And that's that's the main show. And it's disappointing because it can be more. It can be better. But it takes a plan and, you know, the manufacturers need to allocate resources to East Coast, CSRA, SCM, and it can't just be Polaris, it can't just be SCIDO, it has to be a group effort. The Yes, we want these regional circuits to survive, we need them to survive for this sport, sport to grow and prosper.
0: So my only my only ask of you, Bruce, before we move on, is for you to put your money where your mouth is, and ha- still have a snowcross team on the East Coast, and also build a team halfway across the world, and uproot yourself to Sweden to build a pipeline there. Until you do both of those things, I don't want to hear you say anything. And have a team at the nationals. Exactly. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'll, I'll I'll just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, moving on from from Bruce's soap opera, which I completely agree with. But moving on, uh pro women Friday night. So another another great battle from really the the top three girls that we're accustomed to seeing. uh Maline Kato ends up getting the win. Anana Hauger P two. Tasha Lang P three. Tasha had dropped back. I didn't really follow up, but she had dropped back a little bit towards the end of the race. Usually. Her and Inana are like pretty much thickest thieves on the track. They're right next to each other, but she had dropped back a little bit. But uh, yeah, another another solid uh, final for pro women. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Maylene
1: just doing Maylene things. May what what do they call her? Maylene the machine.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it was it was more of that. Anana looked good again, though. Yeah, Tasha looked good. It was um, you know props to Jenny Lundstrom for. Flying from Sweden over to there and hopping on a sled she's never rode before and and finishing seventh on the first night. That was pretty cool. Uh, props to Ava McCurdy for seem, seeming to shred some of her bad luck away and finishing sixth on the first night. So that was good. Hopefully, Cecily, can, my rider, can rid herself of her bad luck of tangling up with people in finals sometime
0: soon uh yeah was it was it uh was it was it Friday night she had like three wrecks two or three wrecks or was it or was it, it was one of her heat races maybe she didn't she had a, a rough a rough uh Friday I just know that she
1: she got tang, she got tangled up both nights with more than one sled mm-hmm. she's like a magnet for <laughs> sledge tangling i don't know but Hopefully it turns around for her soon because she she's an awesome rider and we love having her. I just hope that her her luck can improve so that she feels better about the effort she's putting in.
0: Yeah, and I I you know I had my rant earlier in the season about about pro women, but it's it's just like pro light in that half these girls would crush it in a, in a pro light women or a sport women class, like they're, they're fast. They're crazy fast. There's just such a huge, there's such a huge gap in this class. So anyway, side note, side note, hot take, hot take sport, light women or, or pro light women, you heard it here first. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but you still heard it here first. So. Moving into pro again, triple crown, uh, where are you at? Triple crowns. They're cool, but we've had a ton of them. Where are you at?
1: I mean, I like it. I mean, it's, cause I mean, what's the alternative? Okay. You do two heats in a final. All right. Well, we've got, you got, you know, two heats of seven basically on Friday night. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess I'd rather just see them all on the track together three times. I just, I
0: don't know. Here, here's you know, where it. I'm at. Sorry, cut you off. No, Keep going. No, no, it's okay. Uh, here, here, Here's where I'm at with it. Because I, I think they're cool. I like them in Supercross. I like them in Snowcross. My only beef is that the cream always rises to the top when you have three rounds. You never get these freak wins like like we'll get into this on uh for saturday but like travis kern was up there p4 for like half the race mm. that's like a mm-hmm. regular final travis kern could get p4 in the final but because there's three of them he's got to have like three of those fluke not fluke he's super talented that's a bad word to use but like super out of nowhere they have to have three of those to three get above average, average finishes yes in a row and just be they one have-
1: above average finish
0: Yes. So you never get these like super out of nowhere wins. It's basically like a, a playoff series where you just, you know, who's going to end up up there. So they're cool. Don't get me wrong, but like you could never do an entire season of triple crowns. I would absolutely hate it. Cause I would know pretty much what's going to happen every single round.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, my snow goer picks did pretty good. I won't lie
0: yeah did uh did you pick did you pick uh salston uh doubt and hunter patnode was that
1: no and and then you couldn't change him no no (laughs) no i saw the injury report for salston and it's like no i can't i can't chance it this week so i'm sorry goose (laughs) sorry i picked i picked Benham to win though did you really yep i picked Benham to win and then i had what i have i had think i had i had Yerk and peltier backwards mhm and then i had um i had har right and labelle right and i got cam wrong
0: mm. but. I, I i don't play Snowgoer fantasy cuz i i used to play pulp mx fantasy and i sucked i'm so bad at fantasy like it's just it's not even fair like i'm just so bad at it so i don't even bother but. Well, I
1: mean, I mean, some people can build a team. Some people can't.
0: <laughs> That's why I don't have a team. That's why I don't run a snowcross team. No, you should do that. You should look into that.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. My, All you right. know, it sounds tiring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so,
1: no, the art of cats, Jesus.
0: Cats back. The cat Handling. is back.
1: That was, you know it was you know they kept they kept playing the same like four interviews over and over again in the commercial breaks of like mandrick benham and i think dylan and somebody else and they kept mm-hmm. playing the one of benham where they he kept saying they got the clutching figured out <laughs> and then he keeps going on the triple crowns and pulling hole shots it's like okay yeah yep. <laughs> clutching's figured <laughs> out i think you figured something else out too but yeah man that was that was crazy
0: yeah one of the things he had he had mentioned in his uh i think it might have been like it might have been his podium friday night or one of his heat races but he's like we kind of got like handed this to us because we were number one qualifier and he was the fastest you know that's what he gets for being number one qualifier but he had mentioned he's like i'm i'm kind of aware of how crucial that first corner is just with how tight the track is so like he had to be fast, he had to be on it. But the guy who was on the far inside was gonna have a pretty good start, and he did. He did every round.
1: Yeah, it it would have been, it would have been nice to see them try to change the start up a little bit on Saturday, maybe mm-hmm. turn it a little bit more to try to even it out, mm-hmm. so that it wasn't always the guy on the left.
0: You know, yeah, because
1: even. You know the guy on the inside didn't even need to have a perfect start and he could still kind of push everybody out
0: well did uh did you see was it in sport maybe somebody's gonna correct me tell him tell me I'm crazy maybe it was in sport maybe it was Brandon Nelson or somebody but the like the 10th pick in one of the races the guy just decided to be back row on the inside 'Cause there was a solid chance if you were back row on the inside, you'd get a better start than being front row on the outside.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that happen a couple of times and I I used to do that for East Coast races when we'd go to a track and it would have a, a biased starting line where it's, you know, everybody you know, the the left is the place to be. And if I had
2: mm-hmm.
1: fifth or sixth pick, I would just say, I want to go back row. And I go back row all the way inside. Mm-hmm. And it would usually work pretty well because usually because usually when you're lining up there, you're lining up behind the, probably the number one pick. Yep. So yep. you have the fast guy in front of you that's going to push people out and open, leave the door open for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, no, it was it's a it's not it, it was a it was a good idea at a, at, a, at a track like this with with the way the start was because outside was never the answer.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, in that, uh, in that first round, Dan Benham and Jacob Yerk kind of get out front early. And again, those guys were, were right up front the whole weekend, but that's kind of where it, that's kind of where it all started. Uh, Yurk ends up really unfortunate. I, mean, I saw some of the carnage after, but lands on Evan doubt sled. I know his hands pretty messed up, pretty tweaked. So that was unfortunate, but, uh, um, Benham ends up, uh, ends up getting the win. Dealing with a lot of lap traffic, like a lot of P, a lot of lappers in the way, a lot of ignoring of blue flags from what I could see. But uh, yeah, Benham gets to win Yurk P2 and uh, Jordan, Lebel rides up uh, for P3 in that first round.
1: Well, I mean, when you do 28 laps, you're bound to run into some lap traffic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 28 laps on an 18 second track, you're going to have some lap traffic. Yeah, it it just correct me if I'm wrong. Did they shorten the pro races on Saturday night?
0: I think they were like eight minutes or seven or something like that. They might've been shorter.
1: Usually they're supposed to be eight minutes plus, plus the lap or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I thought that they, yeah, they did. They shortened them to
0: six minutes plus a lap. Mm, Okay. That, That makes sense though a lot of the guys were complaining even the next day, but that they were down to asphalt in some of those rhythms. So (laughs) there was only so much the track could take.
1: Yeah. 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 No, that was, it was, uh, it was, I mean, like I said, it was, it was fun to watch. I I don't know how it was to race on it, but it was, it was fun to
0: watch. For sure. For sure. And there was,
1: there was a good crowd on the Hill both nights. It seemed like.
0: Yeah. I mean, Salman
1: always draws a pretty good crowd and with the lack of snow in the entire northeast there was not it's not like well i'm gonna go ride my sled this weekend no you're not (laughs) i know yeah i I might as well go watch these guys race theirs
0: yeah that was that was good to see i i always fully support and emphasize anytime they get a good crowd at salamanca because it just proves that hey man if you throw a national on the east coast people show up so yeah i mean they you know
1: if carl listens to this you know they need to put a a national in new england big time and for geography reference that's massachusetts connecticut rhode island vermont new hampshire or maine new york is not part of new england
0: (laughs) well even the for half the i mean a bunch of your teams from new hampshire that's still like a seven hour drive for half those guys I mean, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, we're, we're Western mass and it's six hours. Yep. It's, but I mean, but I mean, that's not even, that's not even the reason. It's just a matter of, you know, when they used to have the races at like Rockingham park in New Hampshire and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. it would be a shitload of people. And that'd be three days of racing. And it'd be three days of a shitload of people. Mm -hmm. It's like, you have to be able to find a venue that you like that you can do it and you, and you do it just like you did this year, where you had Val, you did the East Coast swing. You had Valcor and Salamanca back to back weekends, then everybody heads back West again. You do New England National, you're New York National, and you go back West.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I mean, because you would. I mean, there's, a, there's an awful lot of snowmobile fans, awful lot of race fans in New England. And you put something in, you know, Southern New Hampshire, you're going to get. A lot of people,
0: for sure, for sure. I mean, just look at the look at Epping, look at the grass drags every year.
1: Yeah, fifty thousand people <laughs> yeah. a year over for for over the course of a weekend.
0: Hmm. Uh, anyway, this is not this is not the Bruce and I bitch about the lack of snowmobiling on the East Coast podcast. Although it seems like it sometimes.
1: I mean, but- there is no there is no snowmobiling on <laughs> the East Coast right now. Though there's no snow. <laughs> just for the record, I'm not there, but I've heard. <laughs>
0: uh um last point on that first round hunter pat p5 just just good to see him having a good round he's had a rough year so just good to see him up there at least contending and and up there in a top five so that was cool to see
1: yeah absolutely
0: uh so second round very much the same as uh as the first round so the, the two cats get out front early um benham's leading for a while labelle kind of gets up there in the mix um benham has another issue with Ogomar and <laughs> like back-to-back rounds of of trying to lap Ogomar, which was kind of entertaining but uh uh yeah yurk makes a, a good push in the end but in the end it's uh it's dan benham jacob Yerk, and jordan labelle once again
1: yeah, no, I mean and it's nice to see LaBelle having some putting together a good string of of finishes cuz obviously he's had some bad luck with mechanical stuff and whatnot. So nice to see it coming together for him.
0: Absolutely. And Absolutely. nice to see,
1: you know, Norm had a P5 in that mm-hmm. in that second triple crown, which was nice. He's had a he has not had an easy season it seems like.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's I, I'm just I'm waiting for that moment for him. I just like it's it whether it's a podium, whether it's a podium somewhere, like it's all going to turn around at some point in time. So just waiting. We, we need, we want peak peak Oscar Norum back, and I'm just I'm waiting for it. So, um, yeah, third uh, third round for Friday night. A lot of a lot of stuff happening, a lot going on, and we'll get into it. Um, kind of once we talk about the full results. But Jacob York gets out front early on. Francis Pelletier was kind of quiet the whole weekend well at least up to that point he was pretty quiet but then he gets out there um with p2 riding for a while and then dan benham slot in in third and just kind of waiting to see you could you could tell that benham kind of knew roughly where he was at from a from a points standpoint like he wasn't he wasn't going crazy hard and he knew he had to he had to beat yerk if he wanted a chance at the win but he was just kind of playing it safe for a while so final in that round jacob york francis pelletier and then uh dan benham in third which at the moment at the end of the race uh jacob york and dan benham were tied which because uh jacob york won the race he would get the tiebreaker so the initial uh the initial result was jacob york p1 dan benham p2 jordan Label p3
1: and then Oscar Norm had another fifth place,
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: which was again very cool to
0: see for him. So this is what we thought, and this is what all the this is what all the all the results and everything said, even going into the next day. And then there was some controversy because the results were updated uh, to having Jacob Yirk down at P four and moving up uh, Francis Pelletier. Or no, hold on, wrong results. Um, moving Yurk down to P2 and pushing Benham back up to P1. And I saw the video, apparently uh, Yurk jumped on a yellow sometime after the finish in that rhythm. I didn't hear an announcement about it or anything like that, but just the results got updated, and that was kind of the chatter. So the updated finish for Friday night was Dan Benham, P1, Jacob Yurk, P2, and then Jordan LaBelle on the podium, uh, P3. So... Not really a huge shakeup, but in terms of the win, uh, shook it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, uh, you know, that there was, I mean, there was a lot of blue flags all weekend, and there was a lot of yellow flags all weekend, and there was plenty of black flags.
0: <laughs> a lot of black flags.
1: <laughs> they, you know, the. yeah, I, I don't, it's been a while since I've seen that many Caution flags, you're being lapped. Move over flags and black flags. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people jump in the start. Lot of lot of. Well, the new
1: start was so important.
0: Yeah, you had to get it. You had to try.
1: Yeah, you know if you if if you you, because you knew if you didn't get a start, you probably weren't going to be in the top five. So Mm -hmm. you might as well try to guess the light.
0: Might as well risk. Might might as well go all Michael Lessy on it, and then just pin it when you think the light's gonna go. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a wrap on uh, on Friday. And again, at least in the in the pro class, I feel like we we knew like Benham, Yurk, and Labelle; those are the top three guys. There was no there's no fluke in that podium. So a, a tough break for Jacob Yurk on that jump. Otherwise, he would have got the podium. But really cool to see Dan Benham getting the win on Friday. Haven't seen him up there in a, in a while and we haven't seen Articat up there in a while. So just, just really good to see in general.
1: Yeah, no, you know, it's, uh, it's really good for the sport when you can have, when Articat can finally start doing something consistently up in the pro class, because hopefully, hopefully that means that they'll allocate more funds and dollars into snow cross racing again, now that they see that. You know they don't need to fund some giant multi-million dollar team to get results so you have two smaller teams than the team that was around last year and you've got the boys sitting one and two so the the size of the wallet and the size of the of the trailer isn't everything
0: for sure for sure so moving into saturday one question I got for you, Bruce, and, I, and this is not necessarily snowmobiling related, but I threw it on here. Because... I'm
1: not taking any questions. I'm just here so I don't get fined.
0: <laughs> well, well played. Well played. <laughs> um, uh, we saw it on Friday night a couple times. Uh Craig and Dylan had done it basically tripling off of the finish line jump, which was super gnarly because you were like basically tripling the whole like length of the track. So pretty wild. <laughs> but there's this uh hotly contested topic here. Ricky Carmichael has weighed in, a couple other Moto guys have weighed in. If you have a tabletop and then a jump after that and you clear onto that, are you doubling or are you tripling? <laughs> I want your take on this. Like, did, did were they tripling the finish line? Or were they doubling it where the takeoff is just really, really long?
1: They're doubling it. Mm. Because a tabletop is not a double. This is, see, I don't know. This is There's, this is the topic right here. Because a, a double insinuates that there is the takeoff and the landing are two different mounds of snow or dirt. Mm-hmm. And then a triple means that there was three separate mounds. So... A table is all one mound, that's why they call it a table. So if you're taking off from the table and landing on a separate hump, then you are doubling.
0: I I don't know. I th- the logic is there. See, this is what half the this is what half the people say. Like the logic is there, and I get it. I just I view clearing the tabletop. If you clear a tabletop and it's just a standalone tabletop, then you cleared it as a tabletop. But if you are clearing onto another landing, my take is that is a triple. Why? Hot though? take, but it's a triple. Why? Because you, I, you just you have the length. How many? You have the, how many? How many gaps were there? How many gaps did you clear? I, I get it. I get it. You went off of one jump and you landed on the other. I just double. think like a, uh, like two singles and you clear him as a double. A table to a single is a triple. No. okay all right well people started doubling the the finish line jump so i just wanted your you know quote unquote doubling as you say as you weird people say i just wanted your take on it
1: i mean what we call it doesn't make it any less cool for what they're doing but it's still only Mm -hmm. just a double
0: (laughs) what if it's uh what if it's a step on step off Okay, it's a it's a step on, step off and somebody clears completely over the middle. Is that a triple or is that a quad? What is the what is the depth that the center of the step on step off has to go down for it to qualify as being a quad? <laughs> I need, you to I, need I thought.
1: you to I I need you to I need you to give me that again.
0: Okay, all
1: right. Now we're, a, now we're building hypothetical tracks.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, like Canterbury a couple years ago had a step on, step off. My last year racing, 2017, step on, step off in the back. So, and it's over the course of the night, the center of that platform in the middle, whatever you want to call it, there's going to be a groove that comes down in the middle because people are getting on the throttle when they land. So, you're going to have a guy that jumps off the single or the lip lands on the middle and jumps off and then lands on a separate downside. So really it's two singles with a giant tabletop in the middle of it. If they clear off of the first one, they jump off the first lip, clear completely over the table in the center and land on the downside of the other one. Did they triple that whole thing or did they quad that whole thing? They tripled. There was two gaps. Nope. I'm out. That's a quad. Is there a three gaps? <laughs> because you're going to have like a slight decline when you land in that for, this is where I'm asking, what is the criteria? This is what the people want to know. It's, what is the criteria? It's
1: easier. It's, it's the amount of gaps you got mounds and gaps. If you take off of one thing, jump over one thing and land on another thing, it's a triple. You had two gaps and three mounds of material. It doesn't matter what shape they are.
0: Nope. Or nope. the
1: height of them. It's, it's gaps. So you had two gaps. That means you had three mounds of snow. It's a triple.
0: Fake news, sir. Quad all day long. <sighs> it's my show. It's Carbide Podcast. That's a quad.
1: I remember we were in, um, I think we were in Rutland, Vermont back in like, Oh, Sport still had an open class. So I think it was like 2006. (laughs) That was like the highlight. That was like one of the highlights of my career was being able to run sport open one year. That was just Mm -hmm. fantastic. I had, I had three sleds that year. I had a, I had a fan sled for sport fan. I had an iqr 440 for 440 and 600 and then i had a a mod for open i had three sleds for four classes and the fan sled was it was trailing armed it was a pro x Yep. so it was tricky going from more than once that i had to do back to back where i'd go from the pro x 550 fan and then get on the iqr mod that was tough but we were in rutland one year and we had Darren Meese riding for us and he was in sport class back then in sport open and we had bet him there was some front stretch no back stretch quad it was really a double double. He thought he could quad it so we, we, we bet $20 or whatever and he went out there and he cased the shit out of it and the. Uh, back then the mods had like a one piece one piece hood, there was no headlight in it or anything. Yeah. And then those IQR hoods, you had that big, that big hood bracket with those six bolts that hold it, hold the bracket to the hood. And he he had cased it so hard that the hood just cracked in half (laughs) around that, that the mount. (laughs) So we had to stitch it back together with like 25 zip ties for the weekend. But yeah, that was a quad and he cased it and there was, <laughs> there was four mounds of snow and three gaps and he did uh, not make it.
0: <laughs> for any of the, the listeners, let us know, you feel, feel free to weigh in, let us know your take on this. But,
1: so um, the, You should do a poll on your, on your Insta story.
0: Should I do a, a Woody's would you rather, would you rather call it a quad or would you rather call it a triple?
1: Well no, that's bullshit because obviously you'd rather call it a quad because it sounds cooler.
0: Uh I'll I'll throw something in the story. I I genuinely want people's take on this. This isn't just this isn't just great radio here. This is me and Bruce actually not agreeing on on what this is. So we'll see what people say. No, it's Bruce being right. Is that what it is? Is that what they're calling it these days? Okay. There's there's two ways to look at this, Bruce. There's my way and then there's the wrong way. So
1: i'm the expert you're the host
0: ah fair yeah bruce Bruce is bruce is the analyst we bring this guy in i haven't ridden in like seven years so we bring in a former rider to talk about it bruce caspari jr
1: yeah with all my quadding experience
0: (laughs) (laughs) attention snowmobile racers when it comes to dominating the track trust the experts at woody's traction and control Their cutting-edge products are engineered for peak performance, providing unmatched grip and control in every turn. Don't let the competition catch up. Upgrade your sled with Woody's Traction and Control products today. Visit www.woodystraction.com and experience the winning difference. Woody's Traction and Control, where precision meets victory on the snow. All right, Bruce. Sport class, Saturday. Kenny Goike, coming in hot. Really putting the class on notice. Yeah.
1: Does his last name sound like a French dish? It or does. Po- uh, Polish dish.
0: Maybe. Oh, it does. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was, that was a great ride by Kenny and really cool to see. And it was the, the, the gap that he won by was kind of surprising.
0: Yeah. Like six seconds or something.
1: Yeah, it's you know because just like we talked about, it's hard for you to separate yourself on that track. And he won by seven seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. So that was. And
1: that was he really was, cool. Uh,
0: he was number one qualifier too going into that round, which was pretty pretty impressive. Like he's had good rides the whole year. I just he's like quietly really good. Like he doesn't. He doesn't have like this blazing speed where where like he just blows people's doors off like he did here we don't see it very often so it was just really cool to see him up there battling and coming away with the win
1: yeah exactly and then free freeland and nelson on the box mm-hmm. again it um yeah it's that is that's a it's a competitive class it is. And like we said earlier, I mean you got the top three separated by six points right now with with Kenny taking the, the points lead with that with that final win.
0: Yeah, I'm very interested to see when we get to, to Sue Falls, just kind of who who like we said earlier, just who kind of takes over. Because it, it it's pretty open right now. So I'm if there's gonna be somebody that really just kind of takes over and goes on a stretch, or if it's gonna go right down to the end of the season
1: yeah, I mean, because when we still have what eight rounds left, four weekends, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know when you've got the top top seven separated by like thirty or thirty two points, a lot can happen in eight rounds.
0: yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. So moving on to to pro women for Saturday, it's carnage. So much going on in pro women on Saturday. So, first in the final, uh, Anana Hauger gets the gets an, the initial whole shot, and then there's this massive wreck right after the finish line. Tons of sleds are tied up, and Tasha Lang ends up getting hurt. Haven't really heard what the story is there um, or what what uh, what she sustained for injuries, but they have a red flag, so they do the restart. And then Hauger jumps right off the bat. Like she just jumps on the start. And You can see it plain as day. So she gets the black flag and then she has to move back. And then Maline gets up front and you knew you were just kind of expecting to see her kind of run away with it a little bit. But with Hauger getting a black flag and Tasha Lang being injured, this was like setting the stage for what I've been talking about like all these girls that are like waiting for this moment to battle it out for like a, for a second and a third, this really set the stage for that.
1: Yeah, no. And then, you know, McCurdy finally in the right place at the right time, not tangled up in something upside down. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, no. And then LaBelle staying on the sled. Yeah, no, it was, it was, It was finally shaping up for some, for, yeah, who of those girls that are usually fourth through ninth was going to be second and third.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and LaBelle and McCurdy had a great battle the entire race. And it was a
1: really fun battle. Mm -hmm. It was really fun to watch because Neely got up to her a couple of times and then just, you know, put the ski into her, but couldn't make it stick. And yeah. And then McCurdy not cracking under pressure. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was super fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And it, into the last corner. So I didn't catch, I didn't catch where Naley got, got Ava before the last corner, but LaBelle went into basically the last corner ahead of her. And then Ava McCurdy just like cuts on the inside, goes right into Naley and then is able to, is able to come across <laughs> P2. Um, so that was really cool. But the, the storyline really coming out of that race because you were just waiting to see how it would turn out so part of the carnage after the uh after the restart was basically after the first lap there was a couple of sleds tied up on the face of the finish line jump and yeah, i didn't see <sighs> again <sighs> tough break tough break she's a, she's a
1: magnet for it she's a magnet mm-hmm. for it yeah it was it was her it was Callen, and then it was uh janice or oh all. was it yeah, they were all stuck together like glue. Oh man,
0: yeah, it was it 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 was pretty unfortunate. But I didn't see when they when they waved the yellow flag. I didn't see when they started, but they basically waved it in the corner and then they waved it on top of the finish line jump. So then Moline comes up and basically for, since you're on the line, Bruce, she basically doubles quote unquote doubles the finish line under yellow and Robbie called it out immediately. Like you you saw it plain as day. And I'm not sure like when they put the flag out, like there's got to have been some timing thing there, but ultimately she gets penalized for jumping on the yellow. And then McCurdy also gets penalized for the same thing. So I didn't see her jump, but ultimately they both get penalized and knocked off the, uh, knocked off the podium, which was really, it's kind of a bummer, but the, The rule is cut and dry, either you jumped or you didn't. And they did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then that gives Lee her first pro women's win, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then Jenny Lundstrom gets moved up from fourth to second in -hmm. her first time over to the States. So that was, and she started back row. So, but I mean, like we talked about earlier, you know, the back row inside. On a track like this can work pretty well. And oh, it, absolutely. It worked really well for Jenny, and she did a good job of avoiding all the carnage. So that was cool to see, and then uh, Blessum rounding out the podium.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, another another podium for uh, Carissa Blessum. Not to be confused with Sarissa Blessum. Carissa Blessum. Apologies to Carissa. I clarified how to pronounce her name because <laughs> Isoc said it as Sarissa for the entire year, so I just did. But I should have known better than to assume. So, yeah, another podium for her. Another strong ride. Um, made kind of the the points pretty interesting. Just obviously a lot of carnage there. So, Maline um, still has a pretty healthy lead. However, um, Inana Hauger has a nine-point lead now over Tasha Lang. Because Hauger didn't have a great race. She ended up going down, to after the black flag and all this kind of stuff. But... Nailey LaBelle is eight points behind Tasha Lang. Uh, Carissa Blessum, ten points behind Nailey. Like it's it's tightening up up there. Like this round definitely tightens some things up. So I'm just kind of curious how it's going to go for uh, for Sioux Falls.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the, you know the big the, the number one question right now is is Tasha okay? Mm-hmm. Can she can she suit up at Sioux Falls? Yep, in Sioux Falls. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully she's okay and it's nothing too, too serious.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we, 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 need her in there. She's, uh, obviously super competitive on the track, but also just a great personality for the sport. So need her to, to be healthy for sure.
1: Well, and I, you know, I, I forgot to bring it up after the vow for the Valcor recap, but her going up on the podium in Valcor with the big American flag was just awesome. that was that was like yes thank you thank you for doing that
0: there's a couple of them i think uh, ashline had one up there at one point like there's yeah there's a couple couple flags up there so pretty funny that
1: was yeah that was that was pretty slick i liked that
0: it would have it would have only been better if she was still on a polaris had one in Valcor, and had an american flag right bruce you would have just packed it in right then and there
1: yeah it um It's funny you say that because the one year that I won up there and got to do the victory lap, I had an American flag stuffed in my, my uh, jacket pocket. So I did um, the victory lap with the Valcor checkered flag and with the American flag. Yeah. (laughs) But no, her giant flag on the, on the podium was pretty, pretty epic. So (laughs) I do. I hope she. I hope she's okay, and I hope she's she's good to go for in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, lot lot going on there. So, um, yeah, pro women. It's gonna be it's gonna be good the next couple of rounds. So, uh, moving on to to pro light again. Just very eerily similar to what we saw in Friday night in pro light. So it's it's really a battle between in the end a battle between Nick Lorenz and Anson Shield for the win. And I feel like Shiel again, his, he had a really strong ride on Friday night. And I feel like that was his, his real kind of coming out party, at least for this year on shearing and putting everything together. So I was waiting for him to just really get aggressive on Saturday and maybe, maybe swap some paint with Lorenz. He had a couple opportunities to pass him, but ultimately wasn't able to make it, uh, make it stick. So. Nick Lorenz ends up sweeping the weekend in pro-light, which was really cool, awesome for him. And then Anson Shield gets another P2. And then Drew Freeland, P3. Pretty sweet. Yeah, from not making
1: the final to P3. Mm-hmm. And then Ashline rebounding from, I was 13th or 14th the night before to P4. Um, Emmerich backing up with us another fifth place so bailey Forrest making the main who hadn't made it the night before tuppy posty made the main who didn't make it the night before um uh jordan was it beast by Beast bumping up from sport makes the main
0: well yeah so, he uh he had i think he's raced a couple times this year just regionally but he was uh he was at uh glendale supercross i saw it on instagram he was at glendale supercross then basically flew from Glendale just to get on the sled and race and then puts it in the, put, puts it in the main <laughs> pro light. Unreal. Unbelievable.
1: But, but no, I mean, like, like you said that the battle between Lorenz and Shio was really good. And yeah, I mean, Shio could have, could have punted Lorenz a few times and he didn't, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, my mentality is always, you know, try to race people how you want to be raced. So, you know, Paying it forward like that and not cleaning Lorenz out, maybe that comes back and he returns the favor. And when Lorenz has a chance to clean Shield out, doesn't. So, because mm-hmm. yeah, if if you're always driving into someone, you you can never give anybody shit when they drive back into you. But if you're if you're clean all the time, usually most people will give you at least some of that back.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure, and yeah, those both those guys are super talented, and they're they're clean riders. I think you could tell there's a ton of respect between those guys just racing together. So,
1: yeah, and you um, could you could see but, it after the race too when they were when they were talking to each other and pat each other on the back, and yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Crayden Dill in eighth didn't have that on my bingo card, <laughs> but I mean he's fine from a point standpoint, but like we can objectively say not a great weekend for, for Creighton Dillon. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, even the best guys are going to have bad weekends. or, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'd call eighth a bad weekend, you know what I mean? Like bad but weekend is not just... making the main or, yeah. you know, being upside down in the main, you know, just to, you know, an eighth place isn't a bad weekend. It's just, I guess it's bad from from the uh, expectation point that we just expect him to win all the time at this point. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, an eighth place in Pro light is a is a solid finish, and mm-hmm. you know he still does. He still got a forty seven point lead over second place. I mean he's he's very comfortable right now. So, yeah. and he and he survived the weekend, which is is very is, is very important
0: <laughs> one uh one of guys that didn't oh for sure yeah one uh one shout out i do want to make um sorry cam i've never tried to pronounce your last name but cam walkler um csra guy he's a pro a csra and made the the trip down to race uh, pro light this weekend and just just cool to see him doing it like there's you don't read too much into it at all they're two completely different series two totally different track styles but anytime there's a csra guy that makes the trip down to race in isoc i always think they're they're worth giving a shout out and if you have never seen cams Articat, it is like the sickest looking graphic scheme you'll probably ever see in your life it's like white and purple and it's metallic and it's just disgusting it's awesome so um just a shout out to him for making the trick down. Cause we rarely see CSRA guys actually, even when they have an off weekend, they never show up. So it's just cool to see.
1: Who was the other guy, uh, Josh Shepard. was he CSRA
0: too? No, he's uh he's been here the whole season. I don't know oh. a ton about him. Um, cause when I, well, when I, I first like Josh
1: Shepard, cause I haven't noticed him.
0: Well, that's the thing. So I, you know, if, if he listens at all, shoot me a message. But like the first time I saw him at the beginning of the year, I didn't know who he was. And he's from Michigan. He's on a D's Marine Skidoo. And he's number 17. So at first I thought it was an Anderson. And then I learned it was Josh Shepard, And then now I've been curious. So um but yeah, just, just a lot going on in Pro Light. But yeah, good weekend for uh for Nick Lorenz. He's got I mean he's gotta be riding high right now because he I mean he jumped in Valcor. But he did have a really good, like he he had a really good run in Valcor. Like his riding is really, really good right now. So he's got to be riding a ton of confidence.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, like I said, he's always been super talented. He's just, unfortunately, just been bitten often by the injury bug. But he is just, he just looks super smooth out there. Like, just like can do no wrong, especially this weekend.
0: For sure. For sure. Uh, all right. Let's move into uh, into pro for Saturday. So again, Dan Benham qualifies P one, kind of setting the stage for what could easily have just been a repeat of Friday, but a couple notables, Gustav Salston was gonna be out. Hunter Patnode had a pretty nasty crash in uh on Friday, so that was tough. Then obviously Evan Doubt getting landed on, on Friday, so he was gonna be out. So it was gonna be a light crowd, light crowd going into uh going into pro yeah
1: it's um you know and then you know that that brings us back to the conversation we had earlier with do we like the triple crown it's like well now you got 11 guys uh you know how exciting is it would it be if it was you know two rounds with a heat of five and a heat of six Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know it's you know so again in my eyes the triple crown is better because at least it's all the everybody out there together battling not half in this one and then two three guys in this one and it's just yeah and then you get to see them together once at the end of the night it's just like yeah for for what we have for riders right now i, I do think the triple crown is the best solution
0: one uh one thing that got brought up i'm not taking credit for this by any means because it was shared with me by uh by some some Greenwood guy, um, I'm unfamiliar with him. He may run Snowmobile Racing Network. If anybody's not following them, please do. It's but, fishy uh, that Greenwood rides a yellow sled. Yeah, you got beef with that? I mean, it's kind of weird. All right, All Get right. green in the name. Well, I mean, he used to work for uh, he worked for All Finish last year, so right. maybe he could those, have been. Well, those are white. Matt Whitewood, maybe. <laughs> Anyway, um, the fact that, uh, since we're doing triple crowns, you don't get any, you don't get a chance to get any, uh, points for heat race wins. So anybody who earlier in the year that got to get points from winning heat races now doesn't even have that chance. They only get, they only get the overall points. So if we continue to do triple crowns for like the rest of the season, there's very, I mean unless Emil Har really starts to throw it away. If he's like a top five guy for the rest of the year, there's not a ton of points to be made.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, you got a 14 point gap and yeah, it's when you can only make, when you can only get 25 points around. I mean, we still got eight rounds. So, I mean, there's still definitely time for something to happen. Sure. Yeah. yeah, But it's, it's, you know, 25 points a night instead of 45 points a night. It's yeah. But my, you know, what I was wondering, too, is, is like, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, what Salston and Pat node, I don't know why they didn't just take like the green, the green light, and like, the first triple crown on Saturday, so that at least they would get some points.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, I know, I know they're dinged up, but just take the flag and then pull off. And then you'd, you'd end up with, you know, eight or nine points at least.
0: Oh, yeah. And because we
1: I don't know why they didn't, I don't know why they didn't do that.
0: And because, I mean, if you're, if you're either, if, because we're just so light, and I guess it's like if they all did it, it would defeat the purpose. But if you're like Pat Node and Salston and Doubt don't show up, and then you at least take the start, you're not guaranteed like 15 points place points you're guaranteed 12th place points like, right without with us being light there's more points to be made just by showing up
1: yeah i mean because i mean the points are so tight right now between like bester ogie pat node and salston if pat Nod and mm-hmm. at node and salston are 12th and 13th in points right now if they had just taken the, the the first green and pulled off they would be 10th and 11th in points right now yep so I, I, yeah, I guess I just don't know why they didn't, they didn't just do that. That perplexes me a little bit.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's roll into some of these rounds. So in round one, Jacob Yurk actually gets the whole shot. And again, he'd been riding fast all weekend. So it wasn't much of a shock. Um, but then ben- Benham's right there in P2 and, and ultimately gets by him. Benham's running P2 for a while. And then he has a, very strange crash right after the finish line. You saw his track completely just slide out. And I think Ogemar crashed in like the exact same spot like the the lap after. So I'm just curious. I mean, it, it just looked like no, there was I think, some ice. I think
1: it was it I thought it was Bester, maybe.
0: Was it? Okay. It,
1: yeah, I don't oh no, maybe no, you're right. You're right. It was
0: Ogie. My bad. Okay. But uh yeah, like just a just a wild crash for Yerk. He obviously was fine. He got right back up, but just really unfortunate because it was completely out of his control. He didn't like get swapped or take a bad line. He took the same line that everybody had been doing the entire night and just happened to be the first guy to hit the ice and get swapped out. So really kinda kinda pushed him back. Um ended up passing all the way back up to fifth, but obviously he was on the ground, so it kind of affected his race. But Dan Benham ends up getting the win Francis Peltier p2 setting the stage for a good good weekend for him and then Emil Haar kind of rebounding a little bit from from a really rough Friday night for him
1: yeah for sure well you know that that was what was impressive to me is watching Yerk come back up through the field yep you know we talk about how even it is out there and how hard it is to to gain on people and he he goes from 10th back up to fifth that was just showed you how good he has that cat working right now
0: absolutely absolutely so round two what do you got bruce what stood out to you in uh the second round
1: oh um, more more dan benham yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, it was nice to see Bester put po- put up a top five, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know what he can do. So it's nice to see when he can put put it together. Um, you know, another weird one for Cam and Har just, yeah, just awkward weekend for those guys. I don't know any yeah. other way to put it. Um, you know, Har did put something on social media today talking about how he was dealing with like a foot or ankle thing. So he wasn't really hundred percent. So hopefully in these next two weeks, he, that can, can heal up. But then I don't know, maybe, maybe Cody's ankle isn't hundred percent either, but both of them just, yeah, they just seemed a little off.
0: Yeah. It was weird too. Cause obviously Har was coming off of I mean, a really good ride in Valcor, but yeah, obviously Mm. now he's the, he's the points leader. So you expected a, a, you know, new level of confidence and I kind of expected him to really just kind of take over. And again, it was a really small track, super start dependent, but yeah, just, just quiet weekend for the, for the Judnick guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But, but no, yeah, you know, Bester P5, uh, two cats in the top three again, Francis mm-hmm. just being consistent. Francis mm-hmm. <laughs> just being Pretty much, just, just, just lurking right there.
0: Yeah. He's like, he, he can, he can obviously win and he has the speed to win, but he's killing people with consistency right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. just, he's always in the right spot. Like what, just when you're like, oh, he must be having a quiet week. Nope. There he is just <laughs> making sure everybody doesn't forget. Yeah. I think, I think he's the new Mr. Consistency. I think so. I think he's putting it together. It's yeah. really impressive. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, so uh, final did you, in... Uh,
1: yeah, what would you see in the third one?
0: Third one, it was really... I mean, we're just talking about Francis Peltier. Like, I was waiting for him to really get out front and just kind of take take charge, and he did. I think he was showing the speed all weekend, and... You just were kind of waiting to see if he could get the start because the start was obviously so crucial this whole weekend. So anybody that could get out front early was going to have a good shot. Mm-hmm. So him being out there, Benham was not surprised. Travis Kern up there, oh, yeah, I was all about it. Um, Just need, needed like a good start, needed a minute to be up there battling with those guys. And he ends up finishing P4 in that final one. But it was, it was just really cool to see Travis Kern up there. Like the guy's putting in the work. He's there every weekend. Sleds look sick. I just, I, we needed a moment to see Travis current up there and I, I was yeah. here for it. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. But, um, another big storyline in that, uh, in that last one. So, um, ultimately it ends up being Francis Peltier, Benham, and then Har, but, uh, Sorry, checking my notes wrong. But yeah, just current P4. I was all about it. But in the final, for the final point score, which I know you're all about this, Dan Benham gets the win overall, Francis Pelletier, and then Jacob Yurk again still manages to be on the podium even after a couple couple sketchy moments in those finals. But Yurk had, I think, 13 points on the podium in the Triple Crown. I think that was his finish. Cause what, uh, what, five, 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 three, yeah. Five, five, three for third overall. (laughs) Just again, like we talked about in these triple crowns, like there's just, there's, there's like one guy that shows incredible amount of consistency. And then the rest of the guys, it's, it's all over the place. Mm, It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just just a good, a good overall weekend in all the classes. Like the track was was average. Like they put together a, a good a good track for the amount of snow they had, but it just really good racing. Um, a lot of unexpected finishes, a lot of drama, a lot of yellows, a lot of blues, but overall solid weekend for uh, for Salamanca. Yeah. Did uh. Did you see the guy with his "Bring Back the Mods" sign on the broadcast? I did. I did. <laughs> they kept panning away from him every time he showed up. <laughs> it's, uh,
1: I don't think I don't I don't think that guy knows how much it costs to build a mod that can run against Boss Racing or Judd Nicks. <laughs> if he did, he might think twice about it. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's it's a discussion for another day but it was really funny like it, it was, was it was, was. it was yeah. really funny yeah it was
1: good it was a good poster it was a good poster good poster
0: uh so what do we got next uh march 1st sioux falls south dakota should be a good round hopefully there's snow it is it is not as warm as warm as hell here in uh, in minnesota we have snow at the moment but it's going to be like low fifties next week. Jesus. So hopefully there's, hopefully they can make some snow and we can ride on it, but, uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah. We, we had, um, we had, a like an exhibition race this past weekend in, in Spartanus it's like, um, it's kind of cool. It's kind of, kind of reminds me of like, uh, like either like a peak and peak from Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. or like a haystack. Back in the day, yep. nice, just old school ski mountain track, and uh, the they they had. I ran it last year. It was my it was like my third race last year, and they only had one guys class. Mm-hmm. So I was on the line with like Adam Renheim, because he came out of retirement to race it because they had payout and you know, Linus Dahlberg and, and Lindgren and all these pros. And it's like, why why am I doing this? <laughs> and last year, the track was a sheet of ice, the whole mountain was just mm-hmm. a big frozen brick. It was it was rough. So this year, Ida and I made the decision to go again, because I mean, it, when the track is when the track is um, not a ball of ice, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah. rhythm section. Big, nice big table jumping down, a couple of doubles, another big table, another a couple more rhythm. I mean, it's a fun, it's a really fun track. A lot of two lanes and all the corners, so you can you can make passes and go around people. And it is, and and we showed up Saturday, and it was the track was a ton of fun, a ton of fun. And this year I was excited because they had they had two men's classes. They had you know pro open and pro stock. I signed up for stock. Well, then they only had like with both classes, there was only 14 of us, so they combined us. And it's like, son of a
0: bitch. You know, they could have just done a triple crown. Did you bring that up?
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they could have. They could have. But so like they combine us, and now, you know, last year it was Renheim. This year, this year I'm running against the legend John Stenberg. It's like, mm-hmm. God damn it. I just want to turn some laps. <laughs> so it was really funny because, you know, they we because we actually kind of did we did three rounds of qualifying. And then the top seven went directly to the a main and then the other seven of us other six or seven of us went to the to the B main and then the winner would transfer. And so my game plan all along was I'm just gonna take it easy in the heats and save it all for the B main. Because I mean, I'm stamina wise, I'm still not there yet. You know, with last weekend it was my first time on a sled in two months. And uh, <laughs> the first heat, I come out like fourth. And then like half a lap in uh, Nemo Philander goes down. So now I'm in third. And it's like, well, shit, I guess I gotta go. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up I somehow held on to third the whole heat. And, and it, it, it did. it threw my plan out the window. So then I'm kind of jazzed up for the I'm getting ready for the second heat. And it's like, well, let me see what my third heat looks like. So I know if it's even worth me putting in the effort to try to get a good score in, in the second heat or not. And I look at the third heat and there's not one stock guy in it. It's all pro open guys. And it's just like, womp womp, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I guess we really need to get another three in this one to have a shot at that, at that like seventh place bubble to get me right into the a main. And so I'm all jazzed up on the start line, I got Stenberg right next to me. And I jumped the start, I, I bumped, <laughs> I bumped the belt, it's like, Oh, God. So now I'm standing there and, and um, you got the Finland rules, you have to hold a tether in your hand and stand up. Sweden Mm -hmm. rules the tether can be plugged in, but you have to stand up with your arms at your side. So I'm standing there. I'm standing there, they fire him back up. And then Stenberg slips off of his off of the pipe preheat button and jumps. (laughs) So now both me and Stenberg are standing there with our engines off arms on our sides.
0: And you're like, this is the battle I've been waiting for. Mono a mono, me and Stenberg.
1: Yeah. And so I, I, I got, I got fired quicker than he did. And I, 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 I gave him shit after the race. I'm like, I was ahead of John Stenberg, the legend for a half a lap. I'm just Mm -hmm. parking in the trailer. I mean, where do you go from there? Yeah. Yeah. You can only go down from there after you've been in front of John Stenberg. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But. No, it was, it was a really fun weekend. The weather was perfect. It was like, you know, 30 degrees and sunny and, um, uh, I did not make the a main B main, I got out last, but ended up, I made my way up to third. And then I crossed the line side by side with second. So I was, I loved, I was making changes kind of all day long on the sled. And every time I went out there, I was feeling better and better and better. And even in that last race, when I thought I would have been tired, the sled was just working so good. And I just, I was just getting faster as the race went on. Like it just, it did. It just really felt good. But I got to give a shout out to Linus Dahlberg. Cause he's the one that won, won the A main. And uh, he led it from, he 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 did, he killed it. He got the whole shot and just drove away. It was so fun to watch. And uh, cause he's, he's had some good luck, some bad luck and this and that. And I got a plug scene pro skis cause he had, he had bought a set of custom colored skis this week and put them on for this race. And mm-hmm. after he won, you know, we're all cheering for him on the side of the track and he just, he just slows down in front of us and starts pointing at his new skis. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the skis. Yeah. He rode like a pro. Yeah. It was, it was six, it was six horsepower gained per ski. So that's, mm, we had, okay. that's, that's the math we had come up with, but <laughs> no, it was a super fun day. And then Ida got third and third overall in the woman, the women's class. So she got a, one of the big cardboard checks for like $150 or it was 1500 Swedish crowns. So no, it was, it was a super fun day and a fun week of super fun race. It was. Yeah. So, and then. Our next, our next one is the same weekend as Two Falls. Uh, next mm. round of the Swedish SM series, we go up to Big Silium, which is like shit nine hours from where I am right now, and it's like four hours from where she is. So yeah, and then World Championship in Turkey is the week after that. So
2: mm.
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be busy.
0: Yeah, well, it's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of it's gonna be a lot of you sleeping and missing the podcast dates and <laughs> a lot going on.
1: I'm, you know, what? Well, maybe, maybe we should start doing it on my time zone and see how you like it.
0: I would do it. You're the one who always seems to pick a time that is like the evening for me. I'd well, wake you're up like at the I mean, crack of dawn. I mean,
1: you're, you're the, you know, in in this case, you're the one working the nine to five job. So I mean, you're. <laughs> My schedule is more flexible than yours is currently, so
0: that's true. It's, it's, it's true.
1: easier for me to just be up at up from midnight to two AM recording this than it is for you to not be able to do it in the afternoon because you're working your real job. So
0: it's fine. I'll just call my boss and say, "Hey, I know I have this <laughs> job and you pay me, but I got this podcast <laughs> and it's really starting to take off. Yeah. So I'm gonna need better yet. Why don't you just sponsor the podcast? Yeah, that's what I'll tell him." then i could just do it during work hours right but uh yeah uh we completely skated by this but uh start of the week i mean there's there's two guys there's like two guys you know who they are who, who they're gonna be but bruce who's your start of the week gotta go to dan benham Yeah, got to For sure there's
1: yeah there's no no ifs ands or buts phenomenal weekend by by dan it was just like wow it's like, you know, he's been around now. He, he's he been in pro now for what? Like six
2: seasons? It's
1: yeah, been a while. It's been a
0: while. It's been yeah. a while.
1: And, you know, early in his career, had some flashes, had some good races. And then a couple years of just mid-packing and it, but always kind of knew that he had it in him. So it was really nice to see it like, like high. I'm back. Like, it was like, yeah, Dan Benham has now returned. Like,
0: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. It was,
1: it was, yeah, it was sick. It was so much fun to watch. And I'm, I'm so happy for him and that whole team. It was, it was a great weekend for him. I hope that they can keep it, keep it rolling.
2: Yeah. So what about absolutely. you? Are,
1: are I mean, you going with the other green snowmobile?
0: I am gonna go with the other Green Snollville. I know we try not to to double back on on repeat guys, but the like these two guys, Dan Benham, Jacob York were the story of the weekend. Like that's all anybody was talking about coming out of the weekend was holy shit, where did these guys come from? <laughs> Cat killing everybody. Like that was the storyline of the weekend. So yeah, I have to give it to Jacob York He's won one already, but yeah, I have to give it to Jacob York So just those two guys, unreal, super great rides from both of them. And just, just really good for the sport. Like take your, take your brand arguments aside and all this crap. It is so good for the sport to have cat top two top pro guys up on the box. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, we need it because we need that. We need them to start making, building more sleds like and ski doo do. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, great job to Dan and to Jake this weekend.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bruce, uh, since you're talking about how late it is, we can, uh, we can wrap it up for you. Um, again, apologies to Matt Greenwood. We ran out of time. Once again, uh, we'll have to get him on one of these days. Tough break. <laughs> well,
1: Oh wait, I guess one last thing is, did you hear anything from Iceland? Cause it was their first race this weekend.
0: I I posted about it. I was going to try and watch some of the, some of the recaps uh, of the races this weekend or after this, but from this weekend. So yeah, I, I should have apologies to those guys, but it's just, I, you know, woe is me first world problems. It's a lot of work to watch these races and to put together all these notes and then record and edit and all this kind of stuff and try and get it out by like Monday it's a good amount of work. So I try and get up to speed, but then when we, like last week when we had Bowdoin, you and I basically had to watch two weekends worth of races (laughs) at the same time and then talk about them. So it's a lot of work, but we'll catch up. We'll get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with another uh, kind of our regular rider industry people interviews. I'll be back for another one of those next week, but uh, yeah, thanks again, Bruce. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me as always. For sure. We'll see you guys.